0: Kim Kim. Hi Jen L-I-N. Jen. Back in I'm the trying studio. to think of a
1: fun way to say your name. <laughs> Jen Jen. That's,
0: you know, I think that's fun. That's a good one. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm um, so excited
0: today Sam Christensen. God, he's incredible. I know. I've always heard about him since I first moved to LA. Everybody would talk about the great Sam Christensen I and I was either You know, either his classes were full or I was broke
1: or whatever, (laughs) but
0: um, now I really, now I get to learn from him Uh, and share it with everybody else. He's such,
1: he just has a way of talking about brand and type that makes you feel like you actually know what you're doing and it doesn't hurt your soul as the actor, which I think is the key component. Yes, I agree. So... Excited to talk to Sam. Yeah. Before we get there, I'm really actually excited to talk to really? you.
0: Really. Wow. I feel so <laughs> I honored. I want know about what something I've done. I have a good to. one, which is this weekend I went to Palm Springs, which oh. was amazing. Went to Joshua Tree, which is beautiful. I love Joshua Tree. For anyone Tree. who has not been there, it's it's a must when you live in LA. Yes. Two hour drive, gorgeous.
1: Bring your Dr. Seuss book. Bring your Dr. <laughs> Seuss
0: book. It does, it looks like a Dr. <laughs> Seuss book. It's open and vast and wild and cool. And it's just, Magical. yeah, and two hours. You're, you're there and back and you know. Such a great part about LA. Right, I know. We're so lucky to have these places. Totally. Yeah. Here's Sam. How old were you when you moved to L.A.? 30,
2: 30.
0: 30. And did you know anybody here?
2: Uh, Only the uh, person I I came to work for.
0: Okay. And how much money about did you have when you first came?
2: Uh, My weekly paycheck, which was $178.
1: Wow. Where did you live when you first got to L.A.? Uh,
2: For the first two or three weeks, I lived in... um, a hotel that was on Sunset Boulevard, more like a, an apartment hotel where a lot of New York actors uh, stayed. And uh, I was there for three or four weeks, and then the job that I thought was going to be short-term ended up being longer-term, and I then found a, a little uh, studio where I lived after that for a while.
1: What was that job, that first job that you got when you came um, to L.A.? I came
2: out here to be the casting associate on uh, The Rhoda Show. Um, which was a, an offshoot of the Mary right. Tyler Moore Show. Yeah. And uh, th- my employers had, had the, the contract to cast that show, and they brought me out to uh, to sort of do the actual work. And then that morphed into the Rocky Horror Show, which uh, at oh. that point was on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, uh, I did the replacements for the Rocky Horror Show, and then that morphed into suddenly I was here.
1: Yeah. Wow. What was your first impression of LA?
2: Warm and uh, I'm going to use an odd word but gentle. Uh, in those days, I think it's changed a great deal, but in those days, it was just kind of like a barbecue, you know, oh, people yeah. were just showing up and it was it was really it was it, it had a pleasant sort of Saturday afternoon
0: yeah. kind of
2: feeling to it.
0: I like that. I love that.
2: It may have just been that I was 30 and, but, uh, it felt like that.
0: Yeah. No, Gentle. I know what you mean. Uh, how many years of living here did it take you to feel like it was your home?
2: You know, it's a strange thing. I still don't feel it. Really? Um, I, I mean, it's clearly my home. I've been here yeah. for decades, but. I don't have when I'm back in New York. Yeah, that feels more like home to me. Or when I'm back in my actual home turf, Boulder, Colorado. Uh-huh. That feels like home to me. L. A. has never felt like my home. It's peculiar.
0: I think a lot of people yeah. would say that. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you had to sum up L. A. in one word, what would that one word be?
2: Vital. Oh. <laughs> we haven't
1: heard that. No. That's good. That's a good one. The
2: tone of it has changed, but I felt that when I first came here. Yeah. It was more relaxed, but there was something really happening here, and I still feel that um, a lot of it has to do with being in show business, because yeah. show business is happening here. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've always felt it was vital.
0: I love that. Me too. <laughs> Sam, we're so Welcome. thrilled to be talking God. to you today. Thank you so much. I right. have been looking forward to this podcast. Me too. For ever, al- since, ever since we
1: ever since ever since you said yes to We us. said yes. <laughs> oh,
2: well I, I enjoy doing uh doing this, so I'm glad you're here. Oh
0: good, thank you. Well yeah, people people really um revere you in this town and we mm-hmm. hear so much about that you're you're really like the I mean, you're a great teacher in many ways, but like the type guy, the branding guy, which yeah. we'll, we'll get to all those questions, yeah. but um, I'd love to start with just hearing your background. I mean, you talked a little about it in the top questions, but you you started as a casting director. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. In, in school, I was a, a, a political science major who got sort of uh, interested in the theater, and I had... Uh, a peculiar It's a great story, but we don't have time. <laughs> I had sort of a peculiar um, Shakespeare uh, influence in my life. And so I veered toward that. I went to the University of Colorado that had a very prominent summer Shakespeare festival. And so I got involved in that stuff. And um, uh, that took me to New York uh, to uh, work in the theater. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, an association there uh, asked me to come to California for a short-term job that ended up being forever.
0: So. Wow, so started an actor, then got into casting. Were you, uh, you an actor I or was director? Never, I was never oh, an actor. A when, oh, a okay. When
2: I would do that a little yeah. in college here and there, the audiences made it really clear that I should apply my talents <laughs> in some other <laughs> in some other direction, which I was happy to do. I really wanted to be a director and a producer. Uh-huh. Okay,
0: yeah. so started with that, mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about, oh, sorry, no, go,
1: go. I was just going to say, you know, what I love about your story, just hearing the beginnings of it. And I know we're going to hear more is just the fact that everything that you've done Mm -hmm. makes it makes what you do now totally accessible. that you, you sort of morphed all these different parts and aspects of this career and now you're able to connect them all and talk about type and brand and in, yeah. a, in the way because you've been in every single yeah. yeah.
2: I wish I could say that was conscious. I think in most <laughs> lives, uh, they're taking a track that you don't really know you're on, sure. uh, and then suddenly it pays out. And- into a life choice, and that certainly happened for me. Uh, as you say, all these things added up. I didn't know that they would, but at a certain point, uh, doing what I do today and what I've been doing for almost three decades, um, just it became the natural thing, and all the elements that had gone before seemed to, to mesh and, and create my ability to do this. Yeah, it's true. <laughs>
1: That's great. Because I, I just say that, and I know we're going to talk about type really... Very soon. But I just say that because we talk about that a lot in LA, don't we, that LA is a place where anything can happen and Mm -hmm. also to be open to the changes in your career and sort of Mm -hmm. see where it takes you because oftentimes we can't even imagine where it's gonna, Mm -hmm. where you're gonna end up.
2: Especially in today's environment, because there is so much more um, creative as well as career freedom that actors have compared to uh, my generation. and so a, a lot of redefinition happens. I think a lot of people come here with a certain direction in mind, and then just because they can, they get some experience doing another job, and they take to that. And I think it makes almost everybody hyphenates nowadays, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody's an actor, producer, actor, mm-hmm. create. you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um, what, so, you, how, so you said that you've been doing what you've been doing for three decades. Mm-hmm. And by that, do you mean... This school, where we are right now, and yeah. teaching this specific
2: yeah. um,
0: technique?
2: It, it began because a partner and I, um, we're going to hear airplanes, folks. Yeah, I'm, we're I'm right near the, the airport. The A partner and I created something uh, in uh, the uh, late 80s mm-hmm. called the Actors Center, and it was designed to be a big. Um, uh, Offering, we had classes and we had a cafe and we had a bookstore and uh, we had uh, video stages. It was in a big 18,000 square foot building and uh, we raised a lot of money to create an all service center for actors and performers. And then we had a series of very long uh, strikes uh, as well as a minor recession and it sort of created us having to fold down the big version to a smaller version. In the course of that, I began teaching teaching a class about image and branding. And that has morphed into finally me being here in the, the mm-hmm. studio that my partner and I own and, and just doing this. Mm-hmm.
0: How which, did you, de- oh, <clears throat> I was just going to say, which is called the
1: San Francisco studio. Yep. Yeah. No, <laughs> we never could yeah. think of process. another
2: name for it. And no, it ended up being named after name. me. Yeah.
1: But well. how did you, how did you start noticing type and branding? Like how did that well, you come aware of that.
2: Again, you know, it's as you said, it's interesting how things morph together. I was always interested in this in the, in, the, in the marketing side of branding, which by the way, when I first became interested, that term, as we now know, it had just begun to surface. People didn't refer branding. to a brand mm-hmm. or a personal brand that wasn't around. But the idea that each of us um, stood for something, Mm-hmm. Uh, uh encompassed a, a certain chunk of humanity was interesting to me and then the actual thing that happened was in a in a job i got um not long after i was here the, my my big credit uh the mash series um which, by the way, I have to just say, was the greatest job a person could and the ever have. A show. <laughs> ever. It was a great, great yeah. show, and uh, you know, it was on at a time when there were, you know, only three networks, yeah. and it meant that seventy-five million people were yes. watching the same show on the same night, yeah. and families would talk and call each. It was, yeah. it was an an incredible show, an incredible privilege to be on it. And, you know, it was a show about war with the underlying purpose of ending a war. Yeah. And so that was—there was a dedication there that nobody talked about, but that was really a, an important piece of what we were doing. Um, it was on that show that I would often say to the young actors that would play the G.I.s and the nurses and stuff, I would be taking a group of them to call back and I'd have little meetings with them to let them read again and get really settled and tell them where the um, series had gone because we were usually casting about six episodes ahead mm-hmm. of, of, you know, what was airing. And uh, I'd have these little 20-minute meetings to assure them and also that I would have the best Mm -hmm. callback, too. And (laughs) at the end of it, I would say, gee, what you're doing is great. Let's just go in there, do just what we've been working on, and just be yourself. Mm -hmm. And I would see this blank look come over Uh their face Uh because, of course, first it's counterintuitive. What other choice do we have (laughs) but to be ourselves? (laughs) But also, it was the best advice I could give them because one of the things we wanted to do on the show was not only have the characters played, but to bring in the types of kids that got swept up in wars, you know, some educated, some not, um, some white, some African-American, some Asian-American, Latino-American, you know, some from rural environments, some from uh, city environments. And we wanted that feel of the mm-hmm. different kinds of kids. So yes, you're playing a role, but also there's the feel of you that we want. And, um That advice was just, I knew it was the best advice I could give, but I knew it didn't read. I knew there was some confusion in this area of who am I and what do I bring besides my craftsmanship? What else is getting hired here? And I also discovered from the director's point of view, um, directors would say to me, look, um, I'm not interested in the acting. That's why I hire you, so I don't have to see any bad acting. (laughs) I expect to see good acting uh, when people are called back. What I'm as interested in is who they are. What do they bring to the entire family I'm assembling? What individual humanity do I gain from this actor's casting and the services they'll provide acting? Mm -hmm. What else do I gain? That's what I'm really looking at in these callbacks. So it became... um, Really imprinted that that idea of self definition of really understanding um, who you are and that they wanted you to be yourself, it took me a while to figure out why that was so confusing, and it didn 't help but i I knew that 's what ultimately was getting them hired mm-hmm. and also remembered because sometimes somebody was too tall or too short or too dark or too light, whatever it was, but the director wanted to feel positive about their investment of time, that even though this person is too tall for this role, um, I want to remember them Mm -hmm. a month from now, two months from now, when height is in consideration, because they were wonderful. Mm -hmm. They just didn't get this role because of some, you Mm -hmm. know, piece that couldn't be altered. Uh, So in many ways, it just became pounded into me that the definition of individual identity was crucial Mm -hmm. to people's path forward.
0: I love that. It's amazing. I've, like my mind just oh my <laughs> exploded. Um, you know what I what I thought of as you were talking is we did a podcast. We were lucky enough to get to um, talk with P- Connie Britton, uh-huh. and she said something that uh, made a big difference in her career was when she. I, I want to try to say it the way she said it, yeah. but um, when she realized that. The best thing she could do was to bring to the audition the thing that no one else could bring, which was herself. Herself, and which is what you're saying. Well, that's yeah, I I think so too. But um, I I mean, I feel like that's what you said
1: it just now in a in a in a different way. And what a relief! Great, (laughs) what a relief! What a relief! But also, it's a little scary to Mm -hmm. think of because it's true. Even though I've been, I kind of. I have a, gr- a better grasp of type and brand. The minute you said that, I am thinking in my, my head, who, who am I? Well, <laughs> that was me, gonna be my next question for you. Yeah. This is something, you,
0: yeah. you know,
2: I, I, I knew, uh, because you guys were very thorough in letting me know the sorts of things you might want to ask about, I really want to make a point about type and brand, mm-hmm. because I think they are, um, they are both confused with one another, yes. and they're, they're put together as if they're similar things. Um, a type Mm -hmm. is something that is defined by range, by age, by look. For example, with Connie Britton, Mm -hmm. you know, she has a certain feel, Mm -hmm. and so do a number of other actresses who have the same sort of um, socioeconomic feel, the Mm -hmm. same sort of physical feel to them, right? Um, It's like uh, a type is like, a cola, for example. Mm -hmm. A brand is very individual. Coca-Cola is the brand. The type of drink it is, is Mm. cola beverage, right? So when people think of type, Connie Britton fits into a a large type range of other actresses. What she brings personally to that is the brand. Now, I want to say something more about Brand in a second, but the best way to to observe this is in a callback, where everybody is good, that's why they're called back. Everybody's going to read the same two, three minutes worth of copy. Everybody probably looks rather alike because they've fit the breakdown. That's how they got the audition initially. And at that point, what's being looked at is not who's the best actor. They're all good. It's a callback. What's being looked at is the Connie Britton-ness, the individual distinct thing that somebody brings uh, with themselves and is the foundation upon which characterization is built. So when people try to uh, define the type, that's pretty easy. You know, it's your age, it's your coloring, it's the the tone of your skin, it's the shape of your body, um, it's... uh, a feel that you have in terms of where you fit in the socioeconomic pattern of the world. That's a type. Mm-hmm. A brand is a a whole series of very individual things that if one is aware of, one can heighten, one can photograph, one can um, define this distinctiveness to other, other people, the decision makers, using the tools we have, photos and resumes and websites and you know, mm-hmm. those sorts of things, as well as what our representatives say about us. All of that can be brand specific. And you'll notice Coca-Cola has spent 125 years being very specific about what that brand is, not just how it tastes, but all of the togetherness, the peopleness mm-hmm. of it, the fact that, you know, if Coca-Cola joins us, all that mm-hmm. stuff that they have said. This is what makes us different than Pepsi-Cola. Mm-hmm. You know, meanwhile, Pepsi Cola is saying what it says and the other Cola's are saying what they say to define their brand to set their brand aside, they are all in the same type. Mm-hmm. They're all colas. So, when people get that confused, I think they work so hard going, what type am I? It's defined by the show, you know? Yeah. Uh, for example, you know, you're know, you a young mom on one show. On another show, you are um, uh, you know, a business leader. Right. It depends on what the show right. needs, right. as right. long as you essentially fit. The real issue is, when you get a role to read, How do you distinguish yourself from the other four or five people that are in for the same role as you and are going to do good work because it's a callback? That issue, I think, is the thing that people conflate with type and they miss the the value of the individualized brand. And for a reason that it took me years to figure out, it's really tough to define that brand. -hmm. Um, There's a technical difficulty that has to be fixed in order to define that brand, and uh, I was uh, excuse me for going on so long. No, no, please, this type type (laughs) brand confusion drives me a little crazy because people go, you know, what type am I? Am I a housewife? It's a waste of time, and then they don't spend time being very specific about their brand, which they can work on once the technical difficulty is solved, they can work on that and they can enhance the ability for people to hold them distinct amidst the type that they're in, just like we hold Coca-Cola distinct from the other Colas. Not necessarily better, Mm -hmm. but simply we know the Coca-Cola feel. Versus the Pepsi feel, so forth. Uh, and people um, neglect that.
1: I have a question. Mm-hmm. I, so I'm gonna re- reiterate this to make sure I understand. Uh, okay, what you're good, saying. please. So, for example, Jen and I, young moms. Yes. Okay, but we go in and maybe Jen goes in and her brand is like, she has a sassiness to her. Uh-huh. And then I have more of like, a softness. And mm-hmm. so the sassiness of Jen is her brand. Yeah. This, The softness of me is my brand. Yeah. But we're, we're in the same type. So we're coming yeah. in with the same type, but the brand is sort of almost the essence of who we are and what we're bringing to the Exactly. The and of okay.
2: course, you're each human beings. So it's much more complex than a little right. softer, Softers. a little right, bit right, more detailed, you know, a little bit more yeah. thinker, a little bit more Open, you know, because it's deeper than that. Because on the one hand, uh, yes, you're softer, I bet you're a killer underneath that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) know (laughs) and that's a really interesting part. And, uh, and while you are a little bit more detailed, a little bit more by the book, you Mm -hmm. know, that sort of stuff, underneath that, I bet you there is a really sad, soft core, um, that is also available to the people that cast you. And it's sometimes really interesting because on the one hand, it looks like everything is organized and underneath there's some boiling kind of grief, sadness that that is there that when you put that combination together in a character, all of a sudden it's interesting. Or when this soft, more social kind of female uh, all of a sudden is a killer when necessary underneath that, that's interesting. And when people sort of Solve the the problem that lets them into that, then this whole vastness of what each of us as human beings are becomes available to us, mm-hmm. and to the people that want to work with us.
0: Do you feel a little bit exposed right now? <laughs> <laughs> I feel, that was that was like
1: therapy, which just happened. Yeah, that was kind of great. Yeah, no, I, I do. I mean, yeah. I think what I like about what you said. I had this experience for myself as I remember thinking um, I had this class in grad school and we had there were three components to the audition and the Mm -hmm. first part was walking into the room. And my teacher used to talk about like going in there with that confidence. And I remember thinking I had this image of what confidence was, which was so different than who I actually am. Uh And I would walk in there and sort of feel so uncomfortable because I felt like I had to be bigger than what I was Mm -hmm. and almost like this tough little pit bull. And it's like, it's just not, it's so different than sort of my essence. And when I, I came here and had a conversation with somebody about sort of being myself. Mm -hmm. And it was such a relief, and this is not even remotely in as much amazing detail as you just went in, but it was this relief for me to think that I could go in and say hello as me, and be exactly who I was. And then when I did the work, all the complexities of my brand, I guess, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize mm-hmm. at the time, would come through in my work. And the, the work could be the proof of, of what I could do as an actor. And I didn't have to come in with this bravado that, frankly, I don't think I'll ever have because yeah. it's just not yeah. who I am. Right. You know? Exactly.
2: Um, it's... Um You know, all of that advice that teachers uh, give about auditioning and about presentation, I think is well meant and probably good to listen to, Mm -hmm. because you don't know what to do a little differently if somebody hasn't given you the standard. So, you know, here's a standard. You've got to go in confidently. But what is confident for you? is a different thing than how confident might read for somebody else. Because it doesn't mean because you aren't forceful upon entrance, it doesn't mean you aren't confident. And that ability to translate back the standards, and it's good that they're there, to translate back the standards, put it through the filter of yourself, and understand how I can present a certain confidence in myself and do it my way. Mm-hmm. But again, I reiterate, you gotta solve a basic problem. And that is the thing that it took me a long time to figure out, and I, you know, when I do the previews that I do for our, the, when we invite folks in to see the, this preview program that I do, I explain this in more detail, but the essential thing that has to be solved is our identities are not just who we think we are. Mm-hmm. Even if we've done deep prayer, extensive therapy, and trying to get to who we are, and I think most of us do that, um, it mm-hmm. isn't the whole answer because other people are having a perception of us from the outside so that true. doesn't always mm-hmm. match ours. So, so they so they aren't right, but neither are we. We have to put the two sides of that together. And as I say, it took me a long time to figure that out.
1: Thank you.
0: Um, I, When I first came to L.A., I, I've, I've said this to you before, and I'm, maybe I've even said this in the podcast before, but I saw myself as a sort of what Camille said, like a kind of sassy, you know, I grew up on the East Coast and um, the, all that sort of that, you know, East Coast vibe, you know, that we think of. And part after part that I got... Was was like the, you know, wife whose husband had just died. Yeah. Or it was like all this sad <laughs> stuff. And I was like, what's happening? Um, but I had to kind of make sense of how I saw myself versus how... Um, yeah, it's interesting. How do you how do you how do you find that? I and mean, how do you instruct actors to
2: I just um, you know the, the process sort of developed once I figured out that in order to fully own and use one's identity, you had to put the two sides together. I just developed a process mm-hmm. where people could gather information. I mean, the way we start, they gather information about how other people see them. Mm-hmm. I asked them to go back to high school yearbooks and to job mm-hmm. recommendation letters letters. letters and all that and pull out descriptions. And then we do exercises in class. First of all, some first impression when Mm -hmm. nobody knows anybody and just what first impression. We do some survey work like that. And then as people get to know each other in the class through little storytelling exercises, they get more description. And then I created a collation sort of Um, tool where people can put together all of this descriptive information and the trends really begin to show up. Uh, You know, something that would show up, you know, I mean, I just, the reason that you get those, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just lost my husband Mm -hmm. things is that same thing I said. Other people get this. I'm not special. Other people get that there's a grain of sadness running under there. You know, they just get it. (laughs) And there may be a reason for it. There may not be. It's just some of us have some of that, yeah. right? Um, it's in, it's in, it's in our backgrounds. It's in our character. It's yeah. d- genetic. Yeah. Some people have a little melancholy running through and it's detectable. Other yeah. people get it, yeah. you know, and then we're confused because we don't know that other people get that. It feels highly personal to yeah, us yeah. if we even recognize it. So that's what I, I do in the first half of the classes gather all this information from the outside and then we do a private consultation portion in the midst of it where I go okay so how does that feel you know did did you know that did you know other people saw that and what about the things that you're sure they see that we found out they don't you know you're yeah. sure they recognize that but they don't really yeah. recognize. and you know how do we balance all of that out because it's all part of the identity and then when we get to that then we get practical, we turn it into language. Okay, how do you translate this into self-description that will help the photographer get a photo of you that isn't just an attractive photo? Right. It has that yeah, life to I it. Um, and how do you use that same language to the website designer and the person who edits the reel so that all of these things are governed by a self-descriptive language, just like Coca-Cola has a language and you know, right. a furniture brand has a language. How do you develop that language? And then um, after that, how do you develop a language to describe yourself in interviews when they go, so we got three minutes, tell me all about yourself, you know, <laughs> that moment, or how do you take that and nuance it when the director says, Jen, I love what you're doing with this, uh, uh, give it an edge, run with it, show me, uh, take, a, take a risk here. Right. How do you nuance? So all of those things are the result of putting the two sides of identity together, so that you can fully use your identity as well as market it. You know, right. take photos that are meaningful and that last more than a year, um, and all the other things that people spend money doing to market themselves.
1: This also just makes me feel good to hear as an actor. I you know? hope so. Because it doesn't. I mean, it's. It's so. I think when you hear the word type in brands. Uh-huh. Your body cringes a bit. It's mm-hmm. like marketing. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, God. But it, but when you think of it in, in the way you're talking, there's a, there's a real process to it. Yeah. And there's a real almost, I mean, it, it's similar to the craft, you know, of, of what you're doing in the art, the, yeah. the art of being human almost. You know, right. it's like taking these parts of you and... And I love what you said too about not taking it personally, what other people are seeing, because I've gotten that a lot as well. I remember working at a coffee shop, and someone, this this man came up to me and was like, You look so sad. And I was like, Excuse me. together I am, I am so happy <laughs> and I, I remember being I was sort of like that's so strange that he would you know I was perfectly yeah. fine but hearing you say that makes me a little less mad at that person yeah. so yeah. thank you no, we just got to collect all that yeah, stuff see where the data. trends
2: are I know we're up against time but I yeah. want to say one more thing please quickly.
0: do
2: I think the most important thing for actors arriving here yeah. the young actor the, or the actor that's transplanted isn't so young um this is the ultimate entrepreneurial business. Mm -hmm. Um, Entrepreneurism is when you are selling a product or a service for which there is no established need. When you sell something that there's an established need, that's just sales. But when you are selling something that there is not currently a need, you have to establish the need and then you have to sell it. That is lonely work, because in the beginning, nobody thinks there's a need for it but you. Nobody on earth. So you gotta convince everybody that there's actually a need for you, not just for your type, but for you, for your brand, for the way you do things, there's a need for you. And then you've gotta sell it. And most of that is alone, um, even though agents and managers can assist, that isn't their job to do that part of the marketing. Um, although we wish they would. Yeah. You know, select my pictures, uh, to, but <laughs> right. they don't do that. Right. And um, that ability to handle emotionally the task, the lonely task of entrepreneurism is I think the essential thing besides skill and talent and desire, all those things. But the essential thing to survive is to go, I am alone in this. I have this job of convincing people that there is a need for me. As I do that, I gain allies, directors, casting people who get me, who want to work with me, and suddenly there's a group of people that understand there's a need for me. But that begins alone, I have to keep fostering it, and I have to cultivate those relationships where other people see the need for me, not just for my type, but for me. And when I have a group of those people, then I have a career. If there's a group of people who get the specific need for me, not just for calling me in because I'm the right type, but because of me and I have branded myself. By the way, brand, not my word. I don't like using it, but it (laughs) is the... The word du jour, if I can use the branding techniques available to me to make a specific statement about who I am, then I enhance that need for me. And eventually I get to the position where a lot of people know there's a need for me. We call that stardom. You know, we get to that situation where we can't do it with anybody but Jennifer Lawrence. There's such a need, you know. Um, But and we don't all get there, but we certainly can get to the stage where a bunch of people know I want her. you know, don't even you don't need to bring me people for this. I want mm-hmm. and that's a career. That's a career.
1: How can you give a, a quick uh, tip sort of in that lonely process <laughs> <laughs> that is very the is, how do you, how do, go you about it. how do you go how about it? Kind of, yeah, how do you navigate the loneliness? because that's um, very accurate in your class.
2: Which, I think
0: which
1: everybody
0: uh, should do, you know, which take, you should take run my to class
2: and others that that help you understand mm-hmm. that you're vital. You know, two things. First of all, to just simply accept it. We chose to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to be insurance salesmen. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to sell something that there was an established need for. We chose to be artists, accept that. And then to know that we are involved in the one profession that truly changes things. We think that politicians or, you know, uh, corporate leaders, they make the change. They don't. They respond to what's going on in the public consciousness and artists change that. For example, gay Americans owe a lot more to Brokeback Mountain, to Will and Grace, Mm. to Midnight, to these shows and movies that gave the audience a new perspective Mm -hmm. on gay Americans, and suddenly we had things like gay adoption and gay Mm -hmm. marriage, all these kinds of things. It is that that changes things. If we're going to change the situation where young black men can leave home and go buy a carton of milk without Mm -hmm. taking their lives in their hands, if we're going to change that, it's going to be stories about them, stories about their families, stories about the police families who are the other side of it. It's going to be stories that people put on television and in the movies that change it and finally move the idiot politicians Mm -hmm. to change. So I think that's the other thing. When you're lonely and you're struggling, you go, I am doing something vital without stories nothing changes Uh, it is up to me and my collaborators to change the world that helps me uh, back up the actors that I work with is to constantly remind them that they're, they're providing a vital service
0: I know. <laughs> um, Camila and I both have watery eyes right now. Oh my gosh! That is, that's that's. And it's and it it's is such a, a great reminder. Yeah. Of, of why 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 we're doing it, why we should be doing it, what you know, what we can do with it.
2: Well, Maybe. come back and see me. I'm here for a few more months. <laughs> we uh, and we'll, let's uh, we'll ask do a part you, actually,
0: two. Before, thank you. That's yeah. such a nice offer. I oh, would my God. love to do a part um, two. Before we get to the LAism, let's just, since we mentioned studying with Sam, can you just tell us the name of your web or how people can find yeah, you? Yeah,
2: they can just go to samchristensen.com. I got in early and mine is just <laughs> samchristensen.com. Right. And, um...
0: And then you, we heard you have a new online thing. Coming. Well, I do. As yeah. I move
2: myself uh, uh, next year into an online situation, um, next year being be okay. Um
0: nineteen, two
2: thousand nineteen, it'll. Uh, I will move to theauthenticu.net, and uh, it's a, a new uh, website yeah, where wonderful. I can just talk about. Identity and authenticity, and you know, present videos, and you know, people can join up and get a regular flow of stuff.
0: The Authentic um, dot net. net. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is good not, not even just for actors. I mean, just to well, just yeah, find mean, your true, true self, everyone. you
2: know. I'm hopeful because yeah. I, I believe it's a neglected um, yeah. uh, resource, our yeah. identities. We just take it for granted. So and you have to think about it nature only made one of these.
1: Yeah. Only mm-hmm.
2: one. There is no one else like her.
1: Yay. You know, no one. Um, <laughs> no, really and that, that's a
2: great thing. That's, and and great in storytelling, thing. we need you yeah, to yeah. come and offer not only your craftsmanship, but you, you-ness. Because that's what makes us watch things, mm-hmm. is that we don't watch good acting. We watch human beings who happen to be acting out a story. Um, and the more people can own that in our craft, the better. And I think an attorney or, a, a, you know, I work... It's weird, about 40% of our class is not uh, performing artists. It's doctors, lawyers, marketing executives, people who come in knowing that ultimately, their individual approach to whatever they do is what gets them hired or gets them clients. There are plenty of lawyers, and they all have skills, but we hire a certain one. And there's a reason for that. And the more people can allow their identities to flow through. So that's what I hope I can do in the next, you know, iteration of of this work is really help people value this, Mm -hmm. you know, we value our arms and our legs and our heads and our, you know, but our identities, we just take for granted, and yet yeah. they're complex, and when we solve the inside-outside problem, they can become dynamic, and that's what I, I hope to
0: I love do. so much I, because I, what you're saying because I feel like you're not only giving people permission to be themselves— mm-hmm. But you're saying you must be yourself to be yeah. to, to be you know successful and happy and yeah. complete. And, and
2: what holds know. people back is not neurosis, although that's possible. But yeah. what holds them back is this little technical problem. I'm not exactly the same to myself as the world reports I am. How do I put those things together so I understand why they see certain things, why they want to uh, use certain things, why they ask me for certain advice? When people begin to solve that and and put it together, as I said, then identity becomes dynamic. It it goes out and works for you. And that's what I I want people to, to have.
0: Um, I really could talk to you for another four days. But um, so since, since unfortunately we're out of time, we wanted to just end with um, something we always ask uh-huh. our guests, um, which is something we call an LAism, which is if there's anything you can think of that is unique to LA.
2: Yes, when I first came here, mm-hmm. I would hear this phrase and I've heard it along the way, although it's beginning to retire. Mm -hmm. And that phrase was, no, I only want to do film. (laughs) And what I would say to that is, no, you want to do anything that allows you to collaborate with other artists, Mm -hmm. because you never know which person it is that's going to come up with an idea that you can be a part of that's going to make a big difference. And of course, we want to do film. (laughs) But... but to segregate your own talent uh to some specific area um is just mistaken and and that's why you see you know uh, Brian Cranston, for instance, you know, he'll open a supermarket. I mean, <laughs> whatever he can do to use Brian Cranston ness now that everybody wants some, yeah. he does it. TV movies and Broadway plays, and you know, unfortunately, his career has gone to a stage where he gets to do the top tier of things, but you don't see him not doing stuff. <laughs> he does what is called for, and what can use him well, and I just urge people to to do that. You're yeah, just be so open to. I only know. want to do
0: film. Is <laughs> my favorite. Do film. Yeah. I love yes, that. Yes, that's great. Or I'm, I'm not interested or, in TV. Or commercials. Yeah. <laughs> or commercial. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. do commercials. Um, that's a perfect <laughs> laism. Sam, thank you so thank much. You. My this pleasure. was. I feel like this was 30 minutes of content, but it's. It was like five hours like, it's like yeah. it's like
1: condensed you know i know i feel <laughs> like i, I learned so much i'm Was gonna it? be thinking about this all you day too. and week. well i'm
2: serious if you thank if you, you want to do a part two while i'm still around I, you know i'm at this stage where i want to make sure all of this stuff gets out to as many folks as yeah. it can so i think
1: we
0: i think <laughs> would take yeah. you up on that yeah great yeah
1: thank you so thank much you. thank you thanks so much for listening to speak la the podcast We know you have big actor dreams, and we really want to help you. For more insider tips on the L.A. film and TV industry, go to ispeakla.com and subscribe today. And of course, look for us at all the regular places, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time.